And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. What up, Grizz Nation? And welcome back to another edition of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer. Just wanted to check in after that big Golden State win and check in with everybody because Grizzly Twitter is buzzing. The Grizzly universe, all the Grizz fans are absolutely on fire. And I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. I've been in all the spaces. I've talked with everyone. And I cannot just share enough of how fun this Grizzlies team is. And I hope you're enjoying it too because I'm not saying it's ever going to end, but as we always preach, never too high, never too low. But I always like to really enjoy those fun runs. And I honestly, I hate losing more than I than I really love winning. And that's how I've always been as an athlete, as a competitor. I don't want to lose. And when I win, it's fun, and I enjoy it. And I hope you're enjoying it, too, because this doesn't come around often. The joy of the wins, the type of team that this team really is, they're a bunch of good guys. I like to call them good dudes. And I can never celebrate good dudes enough because it's so much fun to really just sit back and appreciate what they're doing and the hard work they're putting in. And as Josh said, the hard work they put in in the dark when nobody else is watching in the offseason and those times that nobody can see the sweat, the hard work that they're putting in. It's all paying off, and we get to sit back and enjoy it. But your Grizzlies are 29-14 and right now. I am recording this uh, on Wednesday night. The game is happening right now with Utah. They are down, which looks like if they were to lose that game, that would put the Grizzlies in sole possession of third place going into the game tonight, which will be against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But they are 29-14 and 14 on a 10-game win streak franchise record. The last 10 games, I love looking at this too. It's 10-0. It just, I love seeing that, that, that zero at the end. It kind of makes me laugh, and I hope you uh, really enjoy it too. But the Grizzlies are starting to turn up defensively. And as the year has gone on, their numbers have continuously come back farther and farther and farther. And they're now showing that they are a very, very, very good defensive team. But let's get into the game that happened with the Warriors. And it was a 116-108 to 108 win. And the grindhouse was rocking. I love it. Well, Ja, the back-to-back Western Conference Player of the Week, Got off for 15 points and two assists in nine minutes in the first quarter. That was fueled a 23-9 run as the Grizzlies got out early. Well, the Grizzlies, they were looking good. They shot six of nine from three in the second quarter, and they're, you know, stretched their lead out to 18. And that place, the FedEx Forum, it was rocking, man. It was so cool to see the fans, to hear it, to watch the players just fly around. That's really what was happening. But the Warriors closed out on that that run. Uh, it was like kind of a 13-5 to run. 
it wasn't pretty by them by no means. And yes, there was an out of bounds call that was missed by the referee who Clay it hit him in the head, hit him in the face, it hit him twice before it went out of bounds. But they gave it to him. The Grizzlies didn't want to challenge that, and a lot of people are like, "Why wouldn't you challenge that? You see it, you know it. It's easy." The reason is because there's 1.1 seconds left on the shot clock. So they knew that the potential of being able to use that challenge later in the game was very important. So why give up then when it's towards the end of the half? Stuff is still going our way, even though they were on a, I say, a 10-5 to 5 run. It was still going the Grizzlies' direction. They felt good about it. 1.1 seconds on the clock. Let's not use it. Let's just defend. The Grizzlies were out of whack. They didn't know where they were. They didn't know who they were defending. And they got caught off guard for a for a long pass right down the baseline to an open clay three-pointer, which was really, it wasn't ideal going into the halftime because it gave them a little bit more momentum than they should have had. But that's where the 13-5, to 5, uh, you know, I guess, run right there that they had. And it trimmed it down to eight, which it would have felt great at 11. But eight is still fine. Morant had a great half. He finished with 18 points, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds. Someone who did not have a good half, well, that's Jaron Jackson Jr., and he struggled, and he picked up his 3 fouls pretty early. He never got into a good sink, and the fouls weren't aggressive fouls. They were aggressive in the dumbest way. He was way out beyond the 3-point line on one of them where he, I think it was his third one, or maybe his fourth one, but he was going for a steal. And that's really what I what I would look at as a coach is I know a lot of people on Twitter and they've talked about, oh, the analytics and the stats. Come on, nerds. Come on. They didn't tell you everything. Play the game, coach the game, and you'll understand that there's honestly a feel for the game. And what I look at is uh, there, there's three categories I try to look at is Really, who the player is. is. Is there something that they... Do they do this often? Do they get in foul trouble often? Okay. What's the answer? Jaron, yes. He used to. He's getting much better at it. But also, like, what is he doing to get the fouls? Is he doing stupid stuff? Or is he being, like, super aggressive? Okay, well, he's being a little... He's being aggressive, but they're stupid fouls. Well, that's also a knock on him as well. What type of player is he? Is he, a, is he a wing? Is he, a, I guess, a big man? He is a big man. You're going to get foul calls more often on you. That's just the nature of it because you are the last line of defense most of the time. And so with those, I understand when, when, he, when Jaron gets that fourth foul early into the third quarter, you set him. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But Memphis, they were playing, they were playing well. They were playing okay. And then right after halftime, Clay, Steph, and the rest of the Warriors just punched him in the mouth. I think it was a 15-1 to run. And that really was, it, it was weird. And it was honestly a game of adjustments. And the adjustment from the Warriors were simply to just double-team Ja. And I was driving out with my, uh, going to get something for my wife at Target, uh, per usual. But I was going to get something. And I was listening to the radio, and I believe it was Elliot Perry. And he was the one that I've heard. But, and even before I got back, they had not made the, the, the transition or the sub to Tyus yet. But he was the one that mentioned, put in Tyus. What that does is that gives you two ball handlers that you feel comfortable with. 
that also lets Jaw get off the ball. So in the pick and rolls, they won't be able to double teaming because he won't be looking for the pick and roll. You get him off the ball, which gets the ball in the Tyus's hand, and then you're able to use Jaw as a shooter. You're able to use him more of as a two guard, a shooting guard, and that really was the other adjustment. And I put on my tweets, if you're following us at GrizzLead, follow us at Grizz underscore lead. I run that account, but also I put out a tweet that was that was pretty simple. And it just said, the Grizzlies have to make an adjustment here. The Warriors came out of the half with their adjustment, and the other adjustment has to be made by the Grizzlies or they won't win. It's just plain and simple. So the, the, the Warriors made their adjustment the other adjustment that the Grizzlies made was putting in Tyus. And that was very smart. But there was one that probably goes a little bit unnoticed. And that was Brandon Clark. His athleticism was an adjustment in itself. Nobody on that court, Kevin Looney, anyone that was a big man whatsoever, was able to guard Brandon Clark. He was getting up above the rim. And it was just, it was so phenomenal to watch. He was playing out of his mind as he has been the last couple of games. But the Grizzlies going, uh, now that they finally caught back up into the third quarter, we're in the fourth quarter and they led 111 to 108, which is under a minute to play. It was a tight game going back and forth. The place was going bananas. It was, it was just so much fun to watch. Even if the Grizzlies take the loss, I still enjoyed the game. But then Morant, under a minute to go, he scored five straight points in two possessions. He drove to the paint and sunk a left-handed lay-in, getting fouled by Andrew Wiggins, who is a very good defender. Got fouled by him, and as you all know what happened next, he gets into the crowd and looks around and sees these youngsters wearing these Steph Curry jerseys. And they're thinking, oh my God, oh my God, that's Ja Morant. He just hit the game-winning shot. This is amazing. High five, Ja. Nope negative. Ja said, no, man, no, no, we ain't doing that. You can wear a Ja jersey and I'll I'll dap you up, as he says. But nope, he left those guys high and dry. And now there's so much that's happening from that. It's so much fun that the Grizzlies, the media team, uh, shout out Devin Walker, but but just shout out the entire Grind City media, the, the media team behind the Grizzlies, who do a very good job of that. And now they're putting out, giving away uh, replica jerseys if you bring in another jersey of another player so it, it's a lot of fun uh, but jaw hits that man and and it's one of those things where you kind of see that your best player is just incredible and then you know the, the Warriors still have time and they try to come back down but the Grizzlies get consecutive stops on the defensive end and one of them was Clay had the ball getting guarded I can't remember who by I think it might have been Zaire, but behind him, out of nowhere, Jaron is there and helps just kind of slap the ball away. He blocks it, slaps it. Still, I don't know if it's a blocker or a steal. I don't know what happened, but I know that it was beautiful. And he didn't even, like, Jaron was there behind Clay, and it's just that type of defense that literally the Warriors just were overwhelmed at that point. The Grizzlies had turned it up, and they showed out. So it was a great night. It was a great win, a 116-108 to win over the Golden State Warriors. That's now two on the year. Uh, Curry, he played much better in the second half. He was more Curry-like. He had a triple-double. 
It was 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And Clay Thompson being on 20 minutes, that's his, you know, his restriction right now, he still put in 14 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. So you can't knock the guy. He's coming back from being out of the league for almost two years because of injury. And so now he's coming back 20 minutes, 14 points. I think that's good. Clay might be their most dangerous player. I know everybody loves Steph, but the way that Clay can shoot, everybody knows that. He's now being able to put the ball on the floor and get to the front of the rim, as well as he is their best defender. Even better than Draymond, Clay is a better on ball defender by far. He is their best defender. But John Moran, as I talked about earlier, had a great first half. He finished overall with 29 points, eight assists, five rebounds, and two blocks. How cool is that? Jaron Jackson Jr., we haven't heard from, right? He gets his fourth foul, goes out of the game, and then the Grizzlies in that third quarter, they give up 39 points, right? Not ideal. Okay, that's that's not good. They did score 28, so it's okay. But they gave up 39 points. And a lot of that was because Jaron was not on the floor. Well, then Jaron comes back, and they ride with Jaron the whole entire fourth quarter. They only score 18 points in that fourth quarter. The Warriors do. And a lot of that does go unnoticed because nobody talks about that. Everybody talks about the game-winning shot. Really what that happened, the 18 points that they only scored, was a lot of it was Jaron Jackson Jr. He's being so good defensively now that I'm so excited to see this young man grow up into his man body, his NBA body. I'm also, selfishly, Super excited to talk to Tim, Tom Izzo about Jaron and his development and the career, the path, the ceiling, everything. I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, who knows when we're going to record that. Uh, and so just stay tuned. I know I keep teasing it. I'm going to keep teasing it until it happens. It should happen either probably in this week or next week, I would hope. But COVID, like I said, is kind of throwing monkey wrenches into things. But we're getting back. We're getting back. Uh, but Jaron. He had his uh, second consecutive double-double. I think he had eight rebounds just in the fourth quarter. But he finished with 13 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks. Zaire Williams, another great night. He had a career high, 17 points, 6 of 12 shooting. Um, and so that was that was a great for him. He started the game in place of uh, Dylan Brooks. Tyus Jones was really Tyus Stones. He had 17 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. And his career high tying five of five shooting beyond the arc. Great game. And it was a, a special moment for the simple fact that the Grizzlies are now looked at being differently. There's a lot. They're getting the buzz. They're getting the recognition. And it's really fun to see how they're talked about on a national level. And I'm, I'm here for it. I hope you are too. I hope you embrace it. Because there will be some bandwagon fans, and that's fine. We welcome them. We're Memphis. We're the 901. We're, we're nice people. But everybody wants to celebrate the, the team. And what I want to happen is I want them to lock up Zach Kleiman. <laughs> lock him up. Don't let him go. Give him whatever money he wants because he's making really smart decisions, as well as you know Jason Wexler, Tayshaun Prince, and everybody else in the front office. Uh, good for them. But the Grizzlies... Just breaking this game down just a tiny bit more, they had 18 more shots, 18 more shots than the Warriors. It's it's crazy to just see that number. They had 18 more shot attempts. They even outshot the uh, Warriors 
beyond the three-point line at 41.2 compared to their 36. And then something I also look at as well is all the other numbers look pretty good. The Grizzlies led most, uh, but total turnovers. The Grizzlies only had 11, and the Warriors had 17. And with those 17 turnovers, the Grizzlies scored 26 points, which is one of those key factors in the game that when you have that, you can be so dangerous. 26 points off turnovers, it's just incredible. Points in the paint, they had 58. They lead the league in this, and there was 18 more than the Warriors, which is continuously happening each and every night. And I'm just glad that overall, the storyline, the story arc that comes from that game, it's not about something stupid. It's not about the refs. It's not about some, you know, a dumb fan or anything else. It was really two teams played each other. It was a great game. It felt like a playoff game. And I'm so excited for the future of this Grizzlies team. All right, let's get into the game tonight. The Grizzlies versus the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are currently ninth in the West. Uh, they're coming off a loss to the Pelicans, and they sit at a record of 20 and 21. Out of their last 10, they are 5 and 5. Tonight's game is 7 o'clock tonight, local, here at the Grindhouse. So it's going to be a good game, a fun game, and something to watch for this game that is tonight. It's going to be very tough to guard all of their assets, all of their players. They have a lot of good shooters, and that's really what the key to this t- uh, game is tonight. It's going to be just limiting uh, Edwards, Russell, and Beasley. Those are the main three that can get hot and completely tip the entire momentum of the game. And that's really where it comes down to in these last two games between the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. It's really about momentum. If the Timberwolves are crazy hot from beyond the three, it's, it's tough to stop them. And I know that's cliche and I know that sounds stupid because... Yes, that's very simple. If they don't shoot well, they're not going to win. I understand that. But they do not do other things very well. They're not going to play great defense, even though they've been better defensive lately. But they've been playing a lot of bottom feeders out in the the West. And so when you play a lot of OKC in Houston, you start feeling better about yourself. Well, then they played the Pelicans and just got beat off out of a shootout. So the Grizzlies need to limit their three-point shooting, and stay active in the lanes. D'Angelo Russell will be a good facilitator for this team, but they also go as each one gets hot. So if Carl uh, Carl Anthony Towns is hot, they're going to make sure they feed him. And that's really their offense. It's very simple. Jared Vanderbilt is a kind of a glue guy that does a little bit of everything, and he's probably their best defender overall. But... He's not going to hurt you and kill you and win the game. And that's really what the Grizzlies need to do. Is they need to allow Jared Vanderbilt to do what he wants. And even Carl Anthony Towns, who is a great offensive player and defensive player. But he will not completely take over the game. And he hasn't done that as of late. The way the game will swing will be if Edwards gets hot from beyond three like he has in the past. But also D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell wants to shoot the open three-point shot. So if we're helping off of the drive for Edwards, then we need to make sure that we are getting back and putting a hand up in front of the three-point shot because really, three-point shots that are open, D'Angelo Russell will hit as well as Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm not sure about the situation there. 
I would imagine if I had to be a betting man and take a really good guess, I would say Steven Adams doesn't play tonight. And if he doesn't play tonight, I'm not saying that works in our favor, but I do like the matchup here because it lets us go a little bit smaller because they're not really a big team. And what they will want to do is try to put Steven Adams in a pick and roll and then we, they want to just flush out Carl Anthony Towns beyond the three-point line and let him take some open threes. Well, if you have Jaron there, Jaron can switch. And Carl Anthony Towns, he will not dribble drive you from the top of the key on a consistent basis. So in that situation, if Jaron has to switch over to one of their guards, whether it's Edwards or even Russell, I feel confident that he can do that. And they're their best playmaking guards. So in that situation... If the switch happens, I feel good about our defense much better than when Steven Adams plays. And that's not a knock on Steven Adams. He's just not fleet of foot. And that's just understood. Back to the basket big is really what Steven Adams comes in to play for. And I think this is something very important to watch. Steven Adams being out during this time has given the Grizzlies a chance to see Jaron at the five. And if you look at the past two games, Jaron has now put up a double-double in these past two games when he's played at the five. He's also rebounded very well. Even when he was able to, to, to get into foul trouble, he still was good enough to play in that fourth quarter, stay out of foul trouble, and get eight-plus rebounds. And that's really the difference. If he can rebound well, his defense is crazy, crazy good. His offensive game spreads the floor even more for Ja. And I think that's something to watch during the playoffs when the Grizzlies are there. I think you're going to see a little matchups. And you might see Steven Adams play less minutes depending on the actual matchup. If the Grizzlies were to play the Phoenix Suns, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Steven Adams on DeAndre Ayton. But if they were to play someone such as the, the Lakers, you might see less of Steven Adams. If you play someone like Golden State, I think he matches up exactly with someone like Kevon Looney, who might only play 15 minutes a game. And that's really where it comes down to. I think matchups is really the big key in the playoffs. And I think this has given the Grizzlies a very good look at exactly what they're wanting to do when it comes to playoff times. Because I think you're going to see a heavy dose of 35 plus minutes from Jaron if he's able to stay out of foul trouble. And at that point, depending on the matchup, you're going to see a little bit of Brandon Clark. Or they go small and they go with Carl, uh, Kyle Anderson at the four. And so who knows what's going to happen. But I do like that the Grizzlies are getting a look without Steven Adams because they have not really had to go without him the whole year. And a player they haven't had to go, go out. Let's knock on wood a little bit. That's Jaron. Jaron hasn't entered in uh, health and safety protocols yet. He's He's been healthy for the most part for the whole year. And so... I'm excited that he's still on the floor, but it just worries me that when he's off the floor, can they still do the same thing? Can they be as good defensively? Because I think he is one of the key factors in why they're as good as they are right now defensively. All right, so tonight's game is at 7 o'clock in the grindhouse. Well, then we go to a back-to-back. It's at home, so that's that's beneficial. Our guys are young, which is even more beneficial. But the Grizzlies would play the Mavericks 9 o'clock local time. 9 o'clock local time. We're going to be playing on ESPN. I would imagine Bally's might still get to hold it, uh, but sometimes in the past, 
they've actually taken the game off local television, so everybody must watch it on ESPN. And that's fine. I like every now and then to hear a lot of the lo- the non-local guys call the game. It lets me hear just how either beloved or not beloved that our team is outside of our little bubble in Memphis. And I think we'll get a chance to hear that again when we play the Mavericks on Friday night. The Mavericks are coming off a six-game winning streak that just got snapped last night against the Knicks. They didn't shoot well at all, and I'm curious if that six-game run gets followed by a couple games, maybe two or three-game losing streak, because a lot of times that's what happens. And also, we are on a 10-game win streak. Be careful. Whenever I take a loss, you don't want to compile. You don't want to have two back-to-back or even three back-to-back-to-back, even though you just came off a 10. We like that split. We'd rather take a loss, get another win, and if you go 500, that's fine. Just not adding them up back-to-back. But they are fifth in the West, and they are six games behind the Grizzlies in the Southwest Division, which I love that. I love that. We've never, I don't think we've ever won a Southwest Division banner. So that would be cool just all in itself if the Grizzlies can continue to keep on this trajectory. All right, so they're 22-9, and and they were 500 on the road in their last 10. They're 7-3, and and they're helped out, obviously, by that six-game win streak. But they have been without Porzingis as of late. He is still in health and safety protocols. I expect Porzingis to still be in health and safety protocols, even if not, when he does come back. The first game back after being in COVID protocols, you're a little sluggish, and I had it as well. It didn't hit me as hard as it hits other people. But I still felt a little out of breath, a little weird, you know, off-balanced, as they say. Uh, and so that's really that I think that a lot of players, when they do come back, they want to give them a little bit more time just to make sure they're fully healthy because it does something to you. I don't know. It's maybe my brain. Uh, but it did something to me, kind of knocked me off balance a little bit. But I think this Mavericks team is really good. But I also think that this Grizzlies team matches up really well against them. I would I would expect that uh, if Steven Adams is back, he's going to dominate as he has in the past because they have no bigs. But if not, I really like Jaron in this matchup as well. And I know I just said that about a guy against Carlton Towns and this team with the Mavericks do not have hardly any bigs. And so, yes, you can dominate if you are Steven Adams. But also what they like to do is they like to get you in a pick and roll with Luka Doncic. And if he is shooting well, it's pretty much it's hard to beat them because Luka is so good. But our team, our entire team, 1-15, to 1-10, whoever's playing in that 10-man rotation, I like so much better because there's only so much that Luka can play. And when our bench unit goes against their bench unit, that is really the deciding factor, is our bench unit can take over and push the lead or keep the game close. That way, when our starters gets back, I feel confident in our starters being being better than them. As long as we don't get to Luka Magic time, I feel confident in the Grizzlies win. So I don't know what the what the outlook is, but I feel confident in the Grizzlies can win these next two games. And I know that's saying a lot because we do owe the Timberwolves, which is very important to look at. Usually after a, a big win, you kind of have a letdown. And they kind of celebrate it after that win. But I know these guys are young. And... Some people will say they're young, so a lot of times they will let you down and have that roller coaster type feel. Well, this team, 
I think they know. I think there's bulletin board material there with the Timberwolves when they got beat so bad at their place. The Timberwolves are coming back, and I think that the Grizzlies owe them. The first game, they hit that long Carlton Towns uh, three-pointer after the Grizzlies were up big the whole whole game. They ended up coming back and winning in overtime. And then the Timberwolves just, just completely beat them up at their place. So the Grizzlies... Even though they are coming off a 10-game win streak and they're you know, literally coming back after a big game, a big win that a lot of people have been talking about them, I think that this is Grizzlies team responds because they owe the Timberwolves. And then the next night, you can have a letdown game as well, but you're on national television. So if you're on national television, you're thinking, I have to play well. Like Everybody's watching. And I know a lot of players on our team, they want the limelight. They want a chance to be seen. And I think that these Grizzlies will respond accordingly. So I would not doubt that we're going into the Martin Luther King Jr. Day game against the Bulls on Monday, and you have a 12-game winning streak on the line. That game will be tough. We'll talk more about it. But that will give the Grizzlies then two back-to-back, highly nationally televised games to where they can show out and show that they are for real. So let's go ahead and get it tonight. Let's get the Grizzlies a dub for the Timberwolves. We're going to have some great things popping off Monday. So make sure you tune in to our next episode coming out. It will be out on the 17th of January, Monday. You will have it before the Martin Luther King Jr. Day game. And I believe, if all goes to serve, we'll have Jonathan Sharks with a ringer on with us. He'll get a chance to talk a lot about Uh, Taylor Jenkins and what he has meant to this team, this franchise, this city. And we'll dig in a lot of Taylor because they were childhood friends. They know each other pretty well. And also Jonathan Sharks is a great mind, a great basketball mind. And we'll be able to dig into the career, but also the life of Taylor Jenkins. So don't miss that episode. It should be coming out Monday unless something happens. Let's get it tonight. Let's get that dub against the Timberwolves. Be nice and tell your friends.